Hey, hey, everyone. On this episode of Dear College Students, I will be talking to Marvell Joseph. Marvell is a student at Florida Atlantic University majoring in economics. Prior to transferring to FAU, Marvell was a student leader at Florida State University serving as director of the FSU Black Male Initiative, which is a program created by the Office of the Vice President of Student Affairs to increase retention and graduation rates of Black males on campus. During the 2018 Florida Legislative Session, Marvell was the Legislative Assistant to State Representative Al Jaquette. Marvell served as a Diamond Summer intern working directly in the APAC headquarters in Washington, D.C., working within the political department. During this time, he tracked races with key congressional districts while also helping research legislation strengthening the U.S.-Israel relationship. At FAU, Marvell has helped reestablish ALPAC, a pro-Israel organization focused on educating student leaders on the importance of the U.S.-Israel relationship. He currently is working on a project in an effort to expand study abroad programs for HBCU students in the Middle East in an effort to connect the Black diaspora from across the world. Oh my gosh, I have Marvell here with me today. Marvell, just reading your bio. Oh Jesus, I feel like this is getting ready to be a very great podcast. I thank you for being on board with this because I know you are a busy man. So I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And I want to start off by asking you, what led you to pursue a major in economics? So I was actually a uh, engineering major first. Mm-hmm. Um, as most Caribbean uh, immigrant children are, I decided, let me do engineering. That way I could make my parents happy. Um, but then I realized that engineering wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I always had a mind of theory and like theoretical practice and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so what I decided to do was like figure out what could actually um, really help me indulge myself in my what I like it's Mm -hmm. a very vague statement um but basically I just like strategic planning and I felt like economics was the best thing for me to do um economics is literally just the study of business Uh uh-huh so I said let me go study it so (laughs) that's real and what is it um what is it like serving as or serving as the director of the FSU Black Mill Initiative so that was a while back so that's when I was at FSU um (laughs) and here at FAU, we actually have something similar to it, right. U- UMI. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Black Male Initiative, what our focus was, was to, like it says, um, increase graduation rates for Black males on campus. Uh-huh. Contrary to FAU, um, at FSU, I think it was like 8% of the population was Black. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single year, only about 150 Black males came in uh-huh. to FSU. That included athletes, that included people like me, right. like just regular people. So what we decided to do, we said, how can we create initiatives that can actually strengthen the strategic plan of FSU, mm-hmm. um, which was at the time to become a top 25 school, which congratulations, they are now. Um, it was looking at that and also seeing how can we um, increase uh, the retention rate as well as the graduation rate. Right. So a lot of black students, specifically black males, come to college, but do they graduate in four to six years? And that's what our focus was. Sheesh. And what leadership skills did you learn from that? Uh, how to be patient. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you, a lot of times when you're working on things like this, because right. you don't 
there's no actual end goal in mind, you know, because this year you could have a great graduation class. Like, let's say all the kids from 2015 graduated this year. Cool. Right. But the work doesn't stop there because your focus was increasing the graduation and retention rates of black males completely. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what we had to do was looking at creating sustainable programs. Um, we we did things such as Soul Food Sunday. Mm-hmm. Where we would have literally just food and talking about how can we increase, um, how can we help our students understand what the, uh, the other programs are on campus. Right. Um, we did things like that. We also partnered up with the FSU Black Alumni Association. We did a lot of activities with them to give students the opportunity from their freshman year on to understand the importance of networking, to understand mm-hmm. the importance of finding a mentor in the field that you want to be in, and also finding mentors in fields that you don't think you would ever need. Um, bringing them together and finding their niche, essentially. And with that being said, with um, the mentorship, how many mentors do you have? Official mentors? Yeah. Um two official mentors too wow yeah and how beneficial is it like having a mentor because you know some college students think that they don't need a mentor when in all actuality we all need at least one mentor so i think everyone needs guidance i don't think everyone needs a mentor okay i think for me the reason i have a mentor Mm -hmm. is because the work that i do now Mm -hmm. there's already been a path that's been paved for it so in order for me to figure out what I'm doing right or right. what I'm doing wrong, it would be smart to engage with someone who's already done it. Um, on the other hand, uh, my other mentor is someone who's very successful in like the business world right. of New York City. Oh, wow. So for me, that's me understanding a whole new field that I would have never thought was important to me. So when I do, the reason I have those two people as my mentors is because it's more than just the, oh, I need to talk to you about this. It's, hey, like, here's the situation I'm on. What do you think about this? Right. Mark Cuban, on the other hand, mm-hmm. believe, doesn't believe in mentorship. He believes that he can ask for advice, but having a strict mentor isn't something that he would encourage. Hmm. And the reason he doesn't encourage it is because he's like, the decisions that you make might not affect me. I might be able to accomplish something that you can't. Right. I use those sentiments in what I do. But I also always look for advice mm-hmm. um, from people who have already done the things that I want to do or that I'm already doing. Right. And with that being said, what was it like being the legislative assistant to Algeca and what knowledge did you gain from that? So that was really interesting because at the time I was still in school. Right. So I was a full time student and I was working a full time session. And if you know anything about Florida session, it's it's a beast. It's right. it's a lot of like and that was also the same session where the Parkland shooting happened. Right. Um so we had to deal with that. The tragedy in Parkland where 17 kids were killed. Um we also had Donald Trump saying a lot of things about Haitians mm-hmm. that same session. I'm Haitian, I'm both the our entire staff was Haitian. Wow. So we were viewed as the pers- as the office that had to come out and say something. Um, but it was also a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. You, you meet a lot of great people. You understand, like, you understand the system more. Um, and one thing I always try to encourage young black kids to do, 
is to understand the system and understand who's behind the system. Because a lot of people say we need to, you know, we need to defeat these these systems that continuously oppress us. Mm -hmm. Right. Cool. But we need to defeat the people behind the systems. Correct. Right. Because at the end of the day, we understand that this country was not built for us, Mm -hmm. for black people. Right. Right. But what we have to understand is that there is a way for us to actually succeed Mm -hmm. in these situations. We just have to understand what we're looking for. Right. We cannot continuously to go out, go out each and every day and not understand what we're fighting for. Wow. And why do you think we as black people continue to see ourselves as oppressed? I mean, one, we are. Yeah. Um, depending on. At the end of the day, being a minority is much mm-hmm. more than just a statistic. It's what you are. Right. You're in the minority. Mm-hmm. You're in the smaller group. Um Oppression comes in different forms. Correct. Um, and I think the oppression that we have is the oppressive mind state. Um, mm. We've we've been trained up to to value money mm-hmm. more than anything. So when we get a little bit more money, it doesn't actually take us out of the situations that we're in. It only appeases the current lifestyles that we want to live. Right. Um, for a lot of us. It is, it is hard, like day by day, it is hard. I, in my office that I was working in, I heard countless people come into the office, say, I can't pay my rent. I can't do this. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, the main thing that they always said is that I just don't have enough money. Right. Now the question is, if you were to get more money, would that actually benefit you? Right. Or is the mindset still there? So the oppressive the reason we're still oppressed is because we still are fighting with this mental game mm-hmm. that has been weighing down on us for so many years which is why i encourage a lot of people to like i said before understand the people behind the system mm-hmm. when you're trying to fight for justice and things like that wow that that definitely was powerful um and i want to ask you cuz you you do so much like you are very versatile i can't say and can you just explain what APEC is um, and what yeah. was it like interning there? So APEC is the home team. Um, APEC is the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pro-Israel public affairs committee focused on strengthening the U.S.-Israel relationship. Um, essentially, what their focus is, is to ensure that the members of Congress, um, both the Congress, Congress and the Senate, understand why Israel is important and to ask for their continued support of Israel in the Middle East. Um, so during my time there, um, it's actually during election season. So I had a lot of fun. Um, what we were focused on was understanding, um, who was running and things like that. Um, so wait, yeah, I think that's the answer to the question. Definitely. You can keep going, though. <laughs> no, that's mainly it. Got you. And um, how important is the relationship between the U.S. and Israel? Uh, very important. Very important. Um, so a lot of people don't know, but Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. Right? So it's the only country in that region that shares similar values and similar traits to the United States. 
Mm. Um, although their head of state is a prime minister and we have the president. Right. Um, they elect everyone that gets into power. Um, Israel is also a beacon of light um, for a lot of different refugees. Um, in the 90s, there was an operation called Operation Solomon, I believe that's the name of it. Actually, if you if you get a chance, there's a movie on Netflix called Red Sea Diving Resort, uh-huh. where it talks about um, Israel's efforts to take out Ethiopian Jews who are being persecuted in Ethiopia and bringing them to Israel. Oh, wow. Um, so that that's a very, very big thing. You also have South Sudanese um, refugees that are coming to Israel. So Israel has become the place where people who are looking for freedom can come to. So the U.S.-Israel relationship is also very important, but Israel's right to exist is even much, much, much more important. Well, and even with um, getting involved in that, Mm. what are some of the skills that you're learning that you apply to like your everyday life? Networking, Mm -hmm. big one. Um, Public speaking. Um, uh, Strategic thinking. You know, a lot of people don't realize how important it is to plan what you're doing. Right. Um, being amongst people like these and understanding how to um, how to really educate people. Right. Right. With not actually making someone feel dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. And being very strategic on who you're educating. Those are things that I learned from being in this movement. Wow. Um, so basically playing chess and not checkers. Basically. basically. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. And what are some of the challenges that you're facing with educating student leaders on the importance of the mm-hmm. U.S.-Israel? Good question. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest one is the false narrative that's being preached by opposing sides. Uh-huh. Um, one of which is um, that Israel is an apartheid state. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that Israel is an apartheid state and that Israel is persecuting the the Palestinians in the West Bank. So there's a movement called the BDS movement, which is the Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions movement. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the movement itself doesn't actually like what people think it's supposed to do, which is, you know, hurt Israelis. It doesn't do that. It hurts the people that really need it, which is the Palestinians. Um, Mm. The Palestinians end up losing their job because they're employed by Israelis. Now people are like, oh, well, we're trying to... No, there's a lot of different problems that come um, with that conflict that a lot of people don't actually understand. Um, So the biggest education thing is that a lot of people don't understand the the validity Mm -hmm. of the claims that are made against Israel because a lot of them are very, very false. But if you don't understand that and if you don't know that, right, you can continuously walk around and say that this is the case when it really isn't. You know, I tell people this all the time. Mm-hmm. Just go. <laughs> right. Just go. Just go. Like whenever people are like, oh, this is happening there. This is happening there. <laughs> all right, then go. If that's the case. Go and prove it. Right. I mean, I've been to Israel multiple times. Mm-hmm. That's... Go. Just go. <laughs> And with that being said, how are you able to balance your academic life mm. with your the organizations that you're in, mm. plus your social life? Mm. How are you able to manage it all? Well, I mean, my my work style has always been um, 
much of a, a social butterfly. Not mm-hmm. too much, not too social, but right. I have the ability to use my work to be social. So I might take out some friends for dinner. Right. Right. But like during that dinner, it's a dinner meeting. Right. So combining two different things. Um, with my academics, sometimes you have to sacrifice things. Yeah. And in this period of my life, the most important thing for me to sacrifice has to be sleep. Yeah. You know, so although it's not the greatest sacrifice. It isn't, it, but, it, but it's, it's, it's much needed. Right. You know, and because of that, that's, that's just what I have to do. Um, I also have to sacrifice a lot of social aspects too. Like I can't party, mm-hmm. you know, not just because it takes a lot of time, but you know, like sometimes you have to remember that what you're doing now can affect you in the future. Definitely. Right. So being smart about, you know, what after hours things we do, mm-hmm. you know, or um, where do we, uh, like, who do we hang around, you know, and like, what what type of friends do you actually keep? Those are all things that I have to I have to like think about and sacrifice right. too. Um, but that's mainly how I balance it all. You definitely have yeah this strategic thinking. I'll tell you, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard, right? Um, but it's well worth it. And I, I encourage everyone to just find something you love, right? And then it won't even feel like sacrifice. Exactly, right? it doesn't. Yeah, once you find your passion, that yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> you won't see it as a sacrifice. It's at just all. something you love to do. At all. And what are some of the goals that you set for yourself before this year's out? Mm. Um, some of the goals that I set for myself. One of which was to um, release my website. Um, so it should be coming out in January. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's first name, last name.com. So marveljoseph.com. That was the biggest thing for me. Um, I haven't been consistent on it, mm-hmm. which has been probably one of my biggest downfalls for my website. But once I can get that released, I feel like it can open up a lot more doors. Right. Um, that's a big goal. Another goal was to really, really like in, immerse myself in my degree mm-hmm. and make it more than just something I was studying. Right. Make it something that became part of me. Um, so I think one example that I can give you is I look at economics through different lenses now. Right. You know, I try to use economics in every everyday thinking. Like, all right, Marvell, if I have ten dollars, that's two four for fours. That's you know, a bowl of Chipotle, maybe some chips, that's you know, maybe a Chick-fil-A meal. Mm-hmm. Or that's also like a a renewal of my website for a year. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's like looking at those things too. And obviously that's a, you know, it's a very like, oh, you know, do this kind of thing. But it's something that I look at my major and say, what's the biggest opportunity cost that you're giving up? What's the marginal revenue? Like what's the um, the utility, the utility if I give this up or if I take this, things like that are things that I've been trying to use my major for because a lot of times we graduate with these degrees and we have no idea how to practice with them. Yep. You know, so right. that, that's why I've, I've kind of focused on that and made that one of my goals. Wow. And what are some of the adversities that you have overcome or still overcoming right now with going towards to earning your degree? Um, the, the constant backlash from my parents. It's been a big one. Um, when I switched from engineering, it was a very mm. like, eye-opening thing. They're like, oh, what is... 
what is economics, right. blah, 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 like, how are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. That's been a big issue. I think they understand it now right. through, through more practice and through more communication. Mm-hmm. But that's been a very big adversity thing. Um, it's also like my my own self-criticism. That's been a lot. You are your biggest critic. You are your biggest critic. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you should be. Yeah. Um, I, I set a lot of goals for myself. Mm-hmm. And when I don't reach them, it actually annoys me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of times because of it, because, <coughs> excuse me, because it annoys me, it plays a lot on my mental. Right. And kind of weighs me down, you know. And, and in fact... Like, instead of me being able to just look at it and say, okay, I'm going to overcome it. I'm looking at it now and saying, oh, will I ever accomplish anything, blah, blah, blah. And wasting a lot more time dwelling on what didn't happen instead of focusing on what else can be. Right. And with that being said, if you could spend a day with three people of your mm-hmm. choosing, who would they be and what? Three people. This is a good question. Um, <laughs> one, probably Barack Obama. Um, mm-hmm. Just to figure out how he speaks, yeah, to understand his rhetoric and to understand his cadence. Um, two, two, wow, probably Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. I just want to see like what that mama mentality is like up close and personal. Yeah, um, it's. It's really interesting watching what Kobe has done after his retirement. And because of that, I want to see like what he does next. So I'd love to talk to him about that. Right. Um, and third and last. Oof, this is a good question. Um, hmm, is it dead or alive? Or just it can be dead or alive. Dead or alive. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. This is a, this is a good question. Because <laughs> I think most of the people that I would hang around, like I already hang around them. Right. Um, wow. Oh. Third person. Hmm. Wow, I, I I'm, <laughs> bl- I'm, bl- I'm blanking because I don't know because like right. there's just so many people to choose from, right? Right, and the third person, yeah, I'm gonna have to pass on the third person. I get right. Barack and Kobe, but I right. there's just too many other people. And last question, actually, I think I know what it is. Oh, I think okay. I think it would be Warren Buffett. I think it would be Warren Buffett. Yeah. Just because I, I want to see, because I watched, I watched one of Warren Buffett's documentaries. And one of the things he said is, like, depending on how the market goes, depends on what he eats for breakfast. Who thinks of that? Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett. <laughs> so, like, I think uh, he was driving his car and he went to McDonald's and he gave the lady exact change. I know exactly what Dr. You know, you know what I'm talking about, about yeah. right? And I was just like, first of all, how did you know that? And two... Why are you basing it off of how much you're willing to spend that day based on like how the market is going? It, it's a lot. And I would just want to understand that more yeah. as to why he thinks like that. Wow. And last question before we have to wrap up this episode. <laughs> what advice would you give to a college student who is trying to expand their knowledge on politics? 
Mm. Just go out. Go out and obviously first make sure you register to vote. That's that's <laughs> yeah. important. Um, a lot of people over here trying to fight the cause and don't even have the ability to vote right. and refuse to register to vote. Um, that would be the first thing I'd say. First, register to vote. Second would probably be um, just start local. Right. People don't realize how important the local level is. I got my first start working with Andrew Gillum on his campaign. I was in his financial department for his gubernatorial campaign. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I knew him is because I met him when he was the mayor of Tallahassee and I was in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that the streets that you guys drive on, your neighborhoods, like those potholes that you're upset that they can't get filled, that's your local government's job, right? right? Those, like when you feel like there should be a stop sign here and it's not, that's due to the local government. Right. So start local because local when you're doing local stuff, you have the uh, the strongest ability to see the change you work with. Right. Um, also take risks, take a lot of risks. Um, understand who you want to work for and why you want to work for them, and be able to understand how to like maneuver in and out of right. the system. Um, and finally no job is too small no job is too small like, i think a lot of people feel like they're so qualified and they do all this stuff but if you're not willing to take out the trash to like file papers you're not going to make it in this political game right um not a great politician in my eyes very corrupt very you know dirty kind of guy but I, if you if you're really interested in politics, you should watch the movie Vice. It's about Dick Cheney. It showed where he started from, and I think it was I think it started out as a joke, mm-hmm. but Dick Cheney really really started from the bottom essentially, mm-hmm. the bottom in terms of politics, right? Right, and kind of worked his way up. Was very smart about it, calculated moves, strategic plans, and because of that, became probably the not greatest the most powerful mm-hmm. vice president of all time wow okay. this this podcast definitely um it's been worth the wait i appreciate it's you worth Marco. The wait. wow it definitely I, has bro you're I, such a busy man like i just try to work with your schedule man i just want to say man the, the work you're doing is phenomenal i appreciate um, that and it doesn't go unnoticed it obviously it's, it's a need that many people have right like a lot of college students come in here into mm-hmm. college not understanding anything right because because you have the ability to create a platform for people to come share their collegiate stories right and understand what worked for them it's kind of like that mentor question this this podcast itself mm-hmm. can be a lot of people's mentors right, right? so I'm, I'm very thankful to get to know you but I'm also very thankful that you're you're doing this great work for people like me to to embellish on. I appreciate that, Marvel. Um, to all my listeners out there, I appreciate you all as well. Just please continue to like, subscribe, share, and just leave a comment if you can about what you like about the podcast. Um, any type of topics you all want me to talk about, I'm open. I'm willing to, and I just hope you all have a great day.